0: Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands including Louis Vuitton, Chanel and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at REBAG.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com and use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: I'm Dustin. One morning, I woke up to my mom crying. I forced myself to open my eyes. Dustin, your grandfather had a heart attack. He's in the hospital. Your grandmother wants us to be there. Visiting my grandfather? That was the last thing I wanted to do. Mom, you're acting like the hospital is a few blocks away, I complained. Grandpa's in Atlanta. We live in Florida. That's an eight-hour drive. She wouldn't listen. Dustin, please. Your dad is waiting in the car. Come on, we need to leave now. Mom, don't make me go. It's not like being there is going to magically heal my grandfather, I groaned. I've been waiting months for summer vacation. I want to enjoy it. I can't believe you, Mom growled angrily. This might be the last time you see him, and you're saying you don't want to go? Yes, Mom, exactly. Now let me sleep in, I said, pulling the comforter over my head. I drifted back to sleep almost immediately. When I woke up, my parents were gone. I went into the kitchen for a snack. There was a note for me on the fridge. Dustin Scott, there will be consequences when we get back. Obviously, I had upset my mom, but I didn't give it much thought. It was time for me to kick off my summer vacation. I put some cereal into a bowl and ran to my computer. A new version of my favorite game had just been released, and I wasn't leaving my PC until I managed to beat it. The following two days passed just as I'd imagined. I was progressing faster than expected. I played my game the whole day, nonstop. I only got up when I had to go to the bathroom, or was too hungry and had to make myself a sandwich. I was totally lost in my own world, and I was having a blast. On the third night, I realized that my parents hadn't called me since they left. They had to be furious at me. Maybe if I texted mom and asked how my grandfather was doing, she'd soften up. Perhaps they'd be less mad when they got back. When I went to text her, I realized my phone had died. All this time, I thought they were just mad at me but they just hadn't been able to get through. At this point, a text message wouldn't cut it. I had to call to make it up to them. It was too late at night, so I decided to call them first thing in the morning. I couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. I plugged in my phone and fell asleep as soon as I got into bed. In the morning, I woke up to a loud commotion. At first, I thought I was dreaming, but soon realized I wasn't. The noise continued. I jumped out of bed to figure out what was going on and I found myself knee-deep in water. My room was flooded. Had I left the water running somewhere? I waded towards the door, the water slowing me down. I grabbed the doorknob and pulled. Suddenly, I was completely submerged in a rush of water. The hallway must have flooded. The force of the water knocked me off my feet, tossing me mercilessly in a dizzying torrent. I couldn't believe it. Our entire house was filled with water. I struggled to gain my bearings and get some air. When I finally surfaced, I was very close to the ceiling. As I took a few deep breaths, my brain finally woke up. The water was coming in from outside. At that moment, three alarming words sounded in my mind. Florida, hurricane, and flood. It had been only four months since we moved to Florida. We knew there would be hurricanes from time to time. Dad comforted us during the move by saying, Don't worry, officials send notifications to our phones before the hurricane hits. They'll warn us if that ever happens, so we can take precautions, or even evacuate. Why didn't they warn us this time? I thought. Then it dawned on me. Of course they had, but I had been stuck in my game world. I bet my parents had even called me when they saw the hurricane was approaching on the news, but they couldn't reach me. My phone was off. The water was rising almost to the ceiling. I had to get to the roof immediately, that way I could at least avoid drowning and hopefully get the attention of a rescue helicopter. Getting there wouldn't be easy, but I had no choice. Our house was two stories tall and had two bedrooms and a bathroom upstairs. My parents' bedroom had a skylight. It was my best chance of getting on the roof. I took a deep breath and dove down, swimming upstairs. Almost out of breath, I was about to reach the stairs. Right at that moment, I saw it, right in front of me. There was a giant alligator swimming in our house! You've probably heard about this, but Florida is famous for its alligators. They live in the rivers, lakes, and wetlands around the state. One time, my dad saw a giant alligator passing through the course while playing golf. It looked terrifying. He had taken a video of it and sent it to us. I couldn't believe my eyes, but an alligator of the same size was now prowling our house. It had probably been swept into the city by the flood, somehow finding its way into our home in search of its next meal. I swam to the surface and stuck my head out of the water, gasping for breath in fear. My heart was pounding. I looked around anxiously to figure out where the alligator was. I was so close to the stairs. I took a deep breath and got back in the water. And that's when I came face to face with the alligator. It had seen me and now it was coming for me. I started swimming with all my might, not looking back to see if it was following me. I made it to the stairs, but at the last second, I caught a glimpse of a large shadow from the corner of my eye. Then it struck me. I felt immense pain as the alligator slammed me with its tail. Disoriented, the flood's current carried me to the upstairs bathroom door. The door was closed, so the room hadn't been filled with water. I grabbed the doorknob and twisted it until the door swung open with a crash, the water violently tossing me into the bathroom. Somehow I ended up in the shower stall, and I managed to shut the door before it was filled with water by some feet of adrenaline-fueled strength. My dad paid extra to install this state-of-the-art shower when we moved in. I remember my mom being pretty upset with him at the time because of the added cost, but even she had to admit it was worth it. With the touch of a button, you could adjust the water temperature and pressure, change the color of the lights, and even play music. Plus, it was completely sealed so it could be used as a sauna. Now, it served as the final barrier between me, the flood, and the giant alligator. Unfortunately, it only took our unwanted guest a few minutes to discover where I was. I screamed when I saw it enter the bathroom. Apparently, alligators were more intelligent than I thought. It started hitting the shower stall with its tail. I waited helplessly, hoping it wouldn't break the glass. Thankfully, the stall was sturdier than I thought. The alligator tried, but couldn't break it. After a while, it gave up and swam out the door. I wasn't ready to risk leaving the safety of the shower. My gut told me it would be back. I waited anxiously. I was so hungry and tired. I really needed to sleep. But the alligator could be back any time. I tried my best to stay alert, but couldn't keep my eyes open. When I woke up, the bathroom was filled entirely with water, except for the shower stall. I felt trapped. But I couldn't stay here forever. I'd inevitably run out of oxygen. In fact, I was already having difficulty breathing. The alligator was nowhere to be seen. If I could make it to my parents' bedroom, I could get up to the roof through the skylight. It was my only way out. There was no way anyone could figure out I had gotten stuck in the shower underwater. My plan was simple. I was going to open the stall door and swim for my life. If the alligator wasn't with me upstairs, I could reach my destination before it spotted me. It was hard, but I managed to open the stall door. I took a deep breath before I was completely submerged again. I swam through the bathroom door. When I came out to the hallway, I was horrified. There were two alligators now. They saw me, and I'm sure they were as hungry as I was, but I had no intention of being eaten alive. I swam for my life so fast that I could have easily broken a world record. When I entered the bedroom, I closed the door and made it to the skylight that opened to the roof. It wouldn't budge. I couldn't open it no matter how hard I tried. I could hear the dull thuds as the alligators tried to get through the door, only a few feet away from me. At that moment, I did the first thing that came to mind. I flipped upside down and kicked the glass with my feet. The glass broke, and I clambered onto the roof in a fit of gasping and coughing. The flood had turned our street into a river. I stumbled off the roof and into the river while trying to get on my feet. As I surfaced, I caught the sound of a voice. Son, hold my hand and don't let go! I desperately grabbed for the person's hand and was finally pulled into a rescue boat. When I finally collapsed on the boat floor, I sputtered. There were two alligators in our house. Those damn animals are everywhere, the guy from the rescue team said. They flew me to a hospital in a helicopter. In a few hours, I was in the same Atlanta hospital my grandfather was. My parents came to my room as soon as they discovered I was there. They were worried sick about me, but they couldn't return to Florida because of weather conditions. Even though they hadn't heard from me. They assured themselves that I was okay and old enough to take care of myself. I really did take care of myself. I found out later that I had been trapped underwater for two days. What's worse is I had alligators eyeing me as their next meal. It's a miracle I was able to survive at all.
2: (laughs) Hi, my name's Josh. I grew up poor. My mom and dad did try their best, but having had no education themselves... They found it hard to find jobs that would pay enough money to raise four kids. Dad was a janitor at our local high school, and Mom did whatever work she could find. She washed people's laundry, did some babysitting, and from time to time, she would go to people's houses and clean for them. It wasn't easy having a life like that in high school, especially because most of the kids there had money. One time, a couple of girls got jealous that I won an essay-writing competition over them, so they took it out on me. They just gave him the prize because he needs the money. I mean, look at his shoes. There are holes everywhere. You might as well go barefoot. Yeah, Josh lives in a trailer park. His mom does our laundry. My mom only hires her out of pity. Did you know we have to have our clothes washed twice because every time Josh's mom does it, it comes back smelling like poverty? I used to fight back whenever people insulted my mom and dad. But I landed in the principal's office so many times because of it, that my mom begged me to just keep my head down. And I did. I just endured their ridicule no matter what. I would look at the ground and walk away. It was worse when they found out about my dad. I was backstage doing some lighting work for the theater group when I realized I'd forgotten my lunch at home. Dad appeared backstage with his mop and bucket, and he handed me the brown paper bag that my sandwich was in. I thanked him, and he left. But after that, my classmates laughed at me. Yo, check it out! Josh's dad is the school janitor! Ha ha! Ha ha Wow! Must be nice to have the world's worst janitor as your dad! Ha <laughs> ha! Bet you he can't keep their house clean either! <sighs> What's it like to have a dad who earns minimum wage, Josh? Honestly, I was just glad to have graduated high school. I had no fond memories of those years. As soon as I graduated, I went straight to work. I promised myself I would save up and get out of that town as soon as I could. But my plans didn't work out the way I hoped. And being a waiter isn't the most glamorous job in the world. Customers are always complaining about the most ridiculous things. And they blame me as if it was my fault. One time, this lady shouted at me for her drink being room temperature. I apologized, but she poured the drink on my head and demanded to speak to the manager. Uh, ma'am. You told me you didn't want ice in your iced coffee. Of course, coffee being a hot beverage, if it wasn't mixed with any ice, it would be hot. I even gave her the added courtesy of shaking it with ice and then picking out the ice myself just so the drink would cool down without getting watered down. And I let the drink chill in the blast freezer just to make sure it was cold. But she sat there, outside on a hot summer's day, chatting away with her friends for a good hour before she even touched her drink. I was happy to exchange the drink for a new one, but then she started yelling at me. My manager, of course, sided with her. And he banished me to the kitchen for the day. He also took my tips for the entire day just for that. That scenario wasn't new for me either. My boss has always had it out for me ever since I started working there. And I'd quit if I had any other choice. But money was tight, and I needed the job. Our town was small, and having a job and keeping it was a privilege. All the waiters, waitresses, and cooks in that place weren't fans of Doug. That's the manager's name. We've complained constantly to the owner, but every single time we tell her that Doug was stealing our tips, or that he was pocketing money out of the cash register, we'd get ignored. It was probably because Doug was the owner's boyfriend on the side. Yep, the owner was married. And as far as we know, the only reason Doug can't be fired is because he can destroy the owner's marriage. He did whatever he liked at the restaurant. He'd come in late, treat the staff and the customers like we were trash. Some days, he didn't even bother coming in. Those were the best days. The restaurant would be full, we would all work smoothly, and we got to keep all of our tips. But one day, everything became too much. And I finally reached my limits with Doug. I was cleaning up a table when I felt someone bump into me. And then an unholy cascade of lava splashed onto me and flowed down my leg. I screamed in pain. And when I looked back, I saw the most angelic girl that I'd ever laid eyes on. I was so confused. My eyes were experiencing heaven. And my legs were experiencing a nightmare. Oh my god oh my god i'm so sorry i tried to smile at her but all i managed was a wince of pain oh <laughs> it, it's no trouble miss uh, oh, i'm so sorry you, your drink spilled i, I uh, oh i'll get you a new one right away a crowd began to gather around us and people fussed over me i could barely stand straight for all the pain i was feeling but I kept a smile on and told them I was okay. Dude, you gotta go to the hospital. Or at least let us get you some first aid. There's some ointment in the back. Ah, it's really nothing. I'm fine. It's just a bit hot. Nonsense. At least let me take a look at it. I'm studying to become a doctor. It was at that moment that Doug appeared from behind the crowd, already annoyed. What is this? Who's causing a scene at my restaurant? Mm, Oh, it's you. Get back to work, all of you! You! Customers, get back to your seats right now! That's not a nice way to talk to people. Oh yeah? And who might, uh, you be? Doug backtracked as soon as he saw how beautiful Kendall was. And suddenly, he was all smiles. I... I'm sorry, I must have gotten caught up in the moment there. Please, miss, what seems to be the problem? Maybe I can assist. You! Josh! What did you do this time? Kendall tried to explain that it was her fault. She told Doug that he was busy with her phone and didn't see me cleaning the tables, but Doug wouldn't hear of it. I think he wanted to impress Kendall and show her he was the boss. But it is definitely not working for her. Doug demanded that I go back to work while Kendall insisted that she wanted to take me to a hospital. When Doug wouldn't budge, Kendall told him that I should at least get some first aid and a bit of rest. I was starting to feel dizzy, but Doug insisted I go to the kitchen and make him a sandwich. B- boss? <sighs> I'm not feeling too good. Let him sit down for a bit. If you don't get up right this instant, you're fired! I don't know why I was so out of it. My legs hurt, but it wasn't that. And then I realized that I hadn't eaten for over a day, and I hadn't slept for two days either. I'd been working double shifts because someone didn't show up for their shift yesterday, and Doug demanded that I fill in. I felt myself go faint, and... I woke up with beeping noises around me. I'm glad you're awake. Where... Where am I? You're at my mom's hospital. You fainted. A doctor came in who looked exactly like her, and I was shocked to find out that that was her mom. They looked like sisters! The doctor checked up on me and told me I was gonna be okay and that my stay at the hospital was free. Kendall told me that I'd been asleep for an entire day, and my stomach sank. No. My job. Kendall looked downcast. She told me that Doug fired me for missing work, and I lost hope. I had no way to help my parents, and we were already struggling to pay for my brother's tuition. I'm sorry. I... I tried to stop him, but... It's all right. Thank you. For helping me. But it's not all doom and gloom. I actually came to tell you I wanted to help. Kendall introduced me to her dad. And she gave me the best news I'd heard all month. Her dad owned the largest restaurant franchise in the state. And she convinced him to hire me. I worked hard when I was finally back on my feet. I learned quickly and adapted to my new job. I stayed late, and I was the first to get there every day, and that really impressed my manager, and so I got promoted. A few months later, Kendall's dad called me to the headquarters and told me that my talents were better used as a regional manager. He told me he wanted me to train other employees, and just like that, my life changed. I was earning so much more that I was able to send my brothers to college and I helped my parents pay off their mortgage. After that, I managed to buy my own franchise from Kendall's dad. He was so proud of how far I'd come that at one of our company's parties, he gave me an award. Through the years, Kendall and I saw each other frequently. We started dating the night I got that award. We moved in together when my franchise won best restaurant in town. My restaurant was doing so well, it put other restaurants out of business. One day, my old manager came begging me for work. I laughed in his face. Oh! You still work there? You never got promoted? Ah, so sad. But all the positions in my restaurant have been filled. Unless... You want to apply as a janitor? Anything! Anything, please! My girlfriend kicked me out when she found a younger boyfriend. Now, I have no money! Kendall was against hiring him. But honestly, I did it for my own satisfaction. I had a lovely time ordering Doug around like he used to do with me. At the company Christmas party, Kendall's dad invited all the employees of his corporation. There must have been at least 3,000 people. I gathered you all here today not just to celebrate the holidays, but to make two very big announcements. I am stepping down as the CEO. And that's because I finally found a worthy successor. Everyone gasped. All the top managers were on the edge of their seats. I would have liked to pass this on to my daughter, but (laughs) since she's following her mom's footsteps, I think it best go to Josh, since he's going to be my son-in-law soon enough. The room was shocked at the double reveal. That's right. Your new CEO, Josh Ryman, is now officially engaged to my lovely daughter. Give them a round of applause. And as the room erupted with thunderous cheer, I pulled Kendall close and kissed her. I was so proud. Just goes to show, no matter the odds, working hard always pays off.
3: My dad is a successful businessman who constantly got in trouble for mistreating his employees. One time, his secretary, who was pregnant, asked him if she could go home early because she wasn't feeling well. My dad responded, No, you have to finish your work first. But sir, I think I'm going into labor. Your water didn't break yet, or... So go back to work or else you are fired. Well, a few hours later, the poor woman ended up giving birth inside my dad's office. And instead of being helpful, my dad kept yelling at her to not make such a mess or else the carpet would be ruined. Yes, my dad was lacking in empathy. And when the local newspaper heard about the incident, they wrote a front-page newspaper article about it, publicly humiliating him and tarnishing his reputation. My dad could have simply apologized to his secretary that gave birth, but instead, he wanted to sue her for defamation because she had called him the most ruthless boss in the history of mankind inside that news article. Fortunately, my dad's lawyers convinced him that suing a mother who had just given birth would only further damage his public image. Instead, they advised him to donate money to some charity. My dad reluctantly agreed and chose to open a high school for underprivileged kids. That's where I come into play. I somehow persuaded my dad to let me take over the planning and administration of his new school. He was happy to see me be so passionate about the project. He probably thought it would prepare me to take over his business one day. Well, big mistake. Because my first decision was to turn it into an all-girls school. And I didn't care one bit if the girls came from underprivileged backgrounds or not. I just wanted them to be pretty. And to get as many school applications as possible, I let the school make all kinds of ridiculous promises, like one teacher for every five students, and the offering of lots of sports activities like ballet classes and horse riding. I was way too lazy to hire a ballet teacher, and I certainly didn't buy any horses. But my marketing worked, and the school got over 2,000 applications. I went through all of them and checked every girl's Facebook account to see if they were pretty or not. Of course, I only chose the best-looking ones. To give you an idea how picky I was, I only accepted 1 in 10 girls. Anyway, the year was about to start, and I realized that I had forgotten to hire teachers. I ended up finding some at the last minute, but they were really bad. They all had been kicked out of their previous schools for either always being on sick leave, straight up stealing, or in one case, bullying one of our own students. But hiring bad teachers turned out to be a brilliant move on my part, because none of them cared whether I was running the school well or not. They all just wanted to collect their paychecks. In fact, two of the 10 teachers I hired only showed up for a single week. Afterward, they called in sick for the rest of the year. Meanwhile, I was 16 and put myself into 11th grade. The girls were surprised to have a boy in their class, but I told them I was only there for a few months to make sure my dad's school ran smoothly. Now, let me tell you something. Boys aren't the only ones whose hormones go crazy during puberty. Lots of girls were interested in me. No, let me correct myself. All girls were interested in me. I was the only guy around and got asked out on so many dates that I had to reject most girls. I simply didn't have the time to date them all. And a girl getting rejected by a guy only increases her desire for that man. That's why girls started promising me that I could do anything I wanted if I only went on a date with them. And while you probably think I was living the dream, I don't think that such an abundance of women was healthy for me. I had always looked up to my dad. Maybe he was a jerk, but he was also extremely hardworking and a high achiever. I wanted to be like him one day and not just end up as another spoiled rich kid. But ask yourself the following question. Would Bill Gates have had the discipline to build Microsoft if growing up he'd been surrounded by hundreds of pretty girls who all wanted him? Not a chance! And so, instead of focusing on my studies, I was fully busy with girls. I often skipped classes and took my classmates Kendall and Rose into empty classrooms to hang out and make out. I had a key to every classroom, after all. I pulled out a water bottle and said, Let's play spin the bottle. Can you believe that in 10 spins, it didn't point at me once? It was infuriating. But at least Kendall came home with me after school, so I won't complain. What shocked me the most about staying at an all-girls school was how mean the popular girls were. Our teachers paid no attention to bullying, and in my art class, some girls always drew their sketches on the backs of other girls. They had to hold still for at least an hour, and it was extremely degrading. I once asked one of the girls that got bullied why she let the popular girls treat her like that, and she replied, Because if I stand up for myself, they'll take me to the bathroom, take away my clothes, and make me walk home naked. I saw them do that to another girl. I felt sorry for her and invited her to my home. But once it got late, I told her, I want to sleep now. Please go home. Oh, but will we see each other again tomorrow? Um, no. So you don't want to be my boyfriend? I shook my head and she started crying. Oh my god, you took my V-card and you don't even want to date me? You stole it from me! At that point, I'd probably been intimate with a third of all girls at my school. Anyway, our school had no principal, which meant there was no supervision whatsoever and I could change anyone's grades on the report card. I only did that for myself and 8 other girls who were my closest friends. But when I showed my fake report card full of A's and B's to my dad and he told me how proud he was, I felt a bit ashamed. Instead of studying hard for school, I was cutting corners and abusing my power to get laid with girls. I knew if I continued like this, I'd end up like Paris Hilton, another dumb rich kid who does nothing other than spending her daddy's money. So, the following semester, I wanted to reinvent myself and decided to befriend Laura, who was the best student at our school. She was so diligent that she even read textbooks during recess. Hey, Laura, I said. Want to study together with me for the next math exam? No, thank you. But teamwork is fun, isn't it? Teamwork? Why don't you first tell me how to locate the local maxima of a function? Of course, I didn't know the answer to her question, so she continued. Us two working together wouldn't be teamwork. It would be me tutoring you for free. No thank you. Well, okay. Then let me pay you to be my tutor. $50 an hour. Is that enough? Apparently, $50 was a lot to Lara. She agreed, and we met at my house. I was so used to girls being into me that I immediately made advances towards her. What the hell? Get your hands off me. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it won't happen again. The study session went well, but during a break, Laura complained to me that her math teacher expected way too much and that it was impossible to get an A in her class. I replied, well, do you know my dad owns the school? I have enough power to change your grades any way you want. Really? Yeah. Last semester, I polished the report cards of a couple of my friends. Kendall, for example, got an F in her English exam, but thanks to me, ended up getting an A on her report card. I was telling her all that to impress her. However, she got really mad and said, I'm working my ass off day and night to study, and you give away A's to a bunch of undeserving brats you've slept with? I didn't know what to respond, and Lara stormed out. I had a bad feeling, but I had no idea just how bad things were about to get. Laura contacted both the local authorities and several newspapers to tell them how I was the only boy at my dad's all-girls school, how I had slept with dozens of girls, and how I had abused my power to give some of my favorite girls good grades in return for you-know-what. It turned into a huge scandal, and everyone blamed my dad for what I had done. He got so much negative press that the board of directors of his own company decided to fire him as the CEO. At first, my dad hated me for all the trouble I had caused him. But now, without the job and without the stress that comes with being a CEO, he became a much more relaxed person and forgave me. He even said, I'm glad I no longer work 12 hours a day. I have all the money in the world, so why shouldn't I enjoy myself a little? Right now, my dad does nothing but play golf all day and have fun. And why not if it makes him happy? Once
2: upon a time, there lived a boy raised by a horrible, terrible mother who only knew how to make him feel like he didn't deserve anything in the world. That boy grew up to live a life filled with suffering which led him to a path of destruction. But there is hope at the end of the tunnel. Hi, everyone. My name's Axel. My parents fought a lot. Every day, multiple times a day. It was like being in the middle of a war zone, only the weapons they use are words. My earliest memory was of hearing my mom shouting at my dad for not being able to afford to buy her a diamond necklace like her friend Sarah's husband. Sarah lived two houses down the street, and mom and her would spend afternoons trying to outdo each other. They acted like they were friends, but really, they were fierce rivals who always tried to outdo each other. My dad tried. He tried to be calm around her, tried to be nice and give her everything. But one day, mom hit dad with her fist when he found out she was cheating, and he left without another word. I was ten when dad left. Apparently, mom started cheating on him ages ago with Sarah's husband, and she was stealing from the family business. Well, the day my dad left, the family business left with him, and mom didn't like that one bit. She took that anger out on me. Sometimes she'd starve me on purpose, or she'd leave the house only returning weeks later. I had to fend for myself early. Boyfriend after boyfriend came and went so quickly into our house that Mom should have just had a revolving door installed. My favorite was Tim. At least he let me keep the change whenever he'd asked me to buy him his drinks at the corner shop. And he didn't push me around like the others. Him and Mom lasted about a month. I grew up with zero self-esteem. Mom always made me feel like I was worthless. If you hadn't been born, your dad would still be here. Now look at us. We're poorer than rats. I was over her crap that week. I was already so tired from doing all the house chores and cooking her every meal that I finally snapped. dad has gone because of you! You klepto cheating Gold digging slap Mom left a stinging sensation across my cheek, and when she saw that I was trying my best not to show that I was about to cry, she decked me in the gut and I fell to the floor. She threw me out of the house that day. I didn't have anything but the clothes I was wearing on my back. I was lucky that my best friend Cole's mom was chill and took pity on me. I even joked about wanting to get adopted by a hot mom like her to Cole, and he immediately gave me a quick kick in the knee. It was around that time that I met Haley. I was depressed. I had no home, and I was wondering how I could ever make something of myself in the world without a family. But then, I met her. And when I met Haley, my dark world suddenly became bright. I woke up every day like it was the best day ever, and whenever she smiled at me, I felt like I could do anything. Thing is, I had no business jumping into relationships. Especially not before dealing with what I got going on. Oh, I was horrible at it. The only people I could model from was my parents. And I thought that was what love looked like. I was basically a simp. I did everything Haley asked. I gave her whatever she wanted. And when I couldn't give it to her, I felt bad and made myself feel bad. I thought I would never become like my parents. But I unconsciously did anyway. Haley and I fought every day. When we graduated, she spit on my face and broke up with me in front of our classmates. I am so glad I'm moving to Colorado for college. Now this can finally be over. By the way, I only used you so I could copy off of you during exams. You'll never be worthy of me. Or any girl. You'll never be anything. I cried a lot, I'm not ashamed to say it, but Cole and his mom were there for me. But eventually I moved out of there. They told me I was welcome to stay, but I just felt bad just taking from them and never being able to give back anything. So I took my chances and went to Hollywood. Now I wasn't bad looking, and I was quite tall, so I thought I'd do some modeling. I got a job as a waiter and went to a few auditions. Honestly, I landed my first break out of pure luck. I was just walking to get some milk when some random lady stopped me and handed me her card. That very next day, I was called in to shoot a commercial. I went to Hollywood to try some runaway modeling. It turned out, I was pretty good at acting. So after my first commercial, that same lady who found me became my manager and she helped me book TV gigs. Nothing special, I would usually just be someone in the background, but then... One day, one of the actors got sick, and they needed a replacement. I immediately volunteered. The director was already frustrated, so he just waved yes. And that was the beginning of an awesome career. I did hit TV shows, movies with the best of the best, and soon enough, I was able to give back to Cole and his mom. I bought them a much nicer house, and I always send them tickets to any of my shows in red carpets. But then, years later, tragedy struck. I was in the middle of giving a press conference for having received my very first award when I got the call that Cole had passed away. He had a heart attack, and he was so young. I couldn't eat or sleep for days. I flew home and helped Cole's mom get through it, but when I flew back, I felt like I couldn't deal with it myself. I was just going through the motions smiling for the cameras, waving to people. But inside, I felt dead. Until I saw Violet. She was crying, waving her hands so desperately at me, wanting me to sign her autograph. And you know what? When I saw her, it was like the sun was shining on me. The world stopped. I never felt like that in a very long time, so I invited her back to my hotel and we fell in love with each other instantly. Violet was probably the most beautiful girl in the world, and the world agreed. We were the cover story of every tabloid and entertainment magazine for weeks. They were all talking about our mysterious whirlwind romance. Violet was there for me. She helped me get through my grief, and she made the world a happy place again. I spent every free moment I had with her. I visited her family, and I even became pretty good friends with her sister who turned out was obsessed with the same video game as I was. We bonded a lot through that. While Violet was out shopping with my bodyguard, Kelly and I would spend hours just playing on the PlayStation. I felt happy. I found somewhere I belonged again. With Violet as the woman of my dreams, and Kelly as the sister I never had. The only problem was... Maybe Violet was too beautiful? Or, as Kelly put it, too much of a flirt. Every job I had, as soon as they saw what my girlfriend looked like, the director would fire me. And then they would tried to take Violet out. A couple of them even offered her jobs, giving her roles in their movies just so she'd go on dates with them. And I... I felt powerless. She said if I loved her, I would let her do what she wants. She said if I loved her, that I would be happy for her that I'd be happy that she was getting her own break. I know it was wrong, but I let her bully me into believing that she just wanted what I had, and that she was not, in fact, using me to get her own fame. I loved her so much that I let her walk all over me. One day, she tried to end my career. She called me before I saw the news, telling me that she only did it so that there'd be a buzz around us and her new movie would sell lots of tickets. But when I saw what she'd said about me... I couldn't believe my eyes. In minutes, there were dozens of paparazzi outside my door. I couldn't even go out and get my postmate. Kelly had to literally muscle her way through a bunch of reporters and deliver my food through the back. The next day, the police came and arrested me. I got bailed out, of course, but my career was over. The movies I was working on dropped me. I was blacklisted from clubs and received every hate mail imaginable. Everywhere I went, people asked me the same question. Axel! Axel, over here! Why did you hit her, Axel? I did not hit her! I did not! Yeah, Violet told everyone I hit her. Sure, we fought a lot. Mainly because I would get jealous when I saw her sitting on some gross producer's lap. But I never, ever laid a hand on her. That's what I told the judge during the trial. Not a lot of people believed me not even my own lawyer. But then, one day, a miracle happened. The people I loved stood up for me. As Violet was telling an elaborate lie about the night I supposedly hit her, my camp called out a witness they were never expecting. Violet's sister. Kelly defied her own sister and told everyone the truth. That, in fact, it was Violet who was always hitting me. That the same night, she had given me a black eye just because I told her that I didn't want to be with her anymore. If she would keep going out with directors and producers. Kelly told everyone how she witnessed Violet on multiple occasions punching me in the gut when her temper rose up. And then, several other witnesses said the same thing. There were even a couple of producers that Violet had cheated on me with who took to the stand. They all said the same thing. That Violet had, on multiple occasions, beat them up. I won that trial and finally my name was clean again. People who accused me apologized, and Violet was sent to jail for what she did. Now, her career is over and mine is back on track. And what's more is that I realized there was one person who truly loved me the way love is supposed to be like, and I kicked myself for not seeing it sooner. Kelly, her sister. I took it slow with her, and eventually I proposed. Now we live a happy life. Three kids and counting. Ever since I was in high school, I wanted to start my own business. The idea of becoming the boss of my own company and managing a group of employees under me really fascinated me. When I told this to my dad, he looked at me as if I had lost my mind. Ethan, just focus on your studies and find a proper job. You already know that we can't afford to invest in some risky business. He shook his head. It's already hard enough to pay for your school. I never asked you to invest, Dad, I told him. I've done some research, and I think I can take out a loan, and- You'll do no such thing, Dad suddenly interrupted me. We're already under a huge debt. Don't make things worse. That was the end of the conversation. It was clear that my family wasn't going to support me in my decision. So, I moved out as soon as I turned 18. I only had a meager amount of savings with me, which I used to rent a small room in a shady part of the city. And obviously, I didn't have money for college, so that was out of the question. But I wasn't going to give up on my dream. I spent about two weeks in my cramped room, forming a business plan and presentation. I was confident about my ideas. Now, I just had to impress the bank manager and take out a loan to get started. I was stopped at the entrance of the bank by the security guard. He measured me from head to toe, narrowing his eyes at my clothes. "'This isn't a place for homeless people. Ugh, "'Go back,' he sneered. "'Excuse me?' I glared at him. "'Is that how you talk to your customers? "'I'm here for some work!' He blocked my way and started arguing with me. Just then, a man wearing a crisp black suit stepped out of the bank. My eyes fell on his ID card. "'He was the bank manager. Daniel!' What's going on? What's all this ruckus? Daniel frowned and then took in my appearance. What's with those filthy clothes? Who allowed you to come here? I was shocked at his tone. Um, I'm sorry, but how does my coming here relate to my clothes? I'm just a regular customer of this bank, and I wanted to take out a loan for my business. I made a detailed proposal and wanted to discuss it with you. Daniel started laughing. (laughs) Are you serious? Customer of this bank? I bet you don't even have a single penny in your account. That was true, but he didn't have to humiliate me for it. Who the heck made this rude guy the bank manager? He snatched the papers containing the business details from my hand and tossed them in the dustbin. I froze in my spot, unable to form words. Stop wasting my time, he yawned. This bank is no place for illiterates like you. The security guard started dragging me away from the entrance. My body was trembling with rage. You're going to regret this! I yelled at Daniel. I'll come back again and get you kicked out of here! Then we'll see who's the real illiterate one here! He just rolled his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep dreaming! I got back home and fell into despair. What happened at the bank was something I could never have anticipated. That guy not only insulted me, but also belittled my dreams. I was feeling hopeless and defeated when my doorbell suddenly rang. That was weird. I never get visitors. I opened to find two women standing in front of me. Um, hi, I'm Jessica, Daniel's wife, and this is my daughter, Bella. The older lady introduced while pointing toward her daughter. I crossed my arms across my chest. What? Did Daniel send you to ridicule me further? Go ahead and make fun of my living conditions. I want to see what you come up with. Oh, no. Please don't lump me together with that loser. Bella made a face. I'm already ashamed to be related to him. Huh? Was she being serious? We saw everything that happened at the bank. Jessica said sadly. I'm really sorry about Daniel. I must have been really out of my mind when I fell in love with that man. Seriously, Mom? Bella sighed, touching my arm. You should have chosen someone like Ethan. He's so cool and composed, not to mention insanely smart. Jessica smiled. Well, I can always choose him now. My eyes widened. Uh, just what was going on? Both of them started laughing when they saw how puzzled I was. Sorry to confuse you. I was talking about your business proposal. Jessica waved some papers in front of me. Bella and I picked it out from the trash, and it was definitely worth it. This is a genius plan. We're interested in investing. My jaw dropped. Uh, Wait, what?! You mean, you want to fund my startup? Yes, Ethan, Bella nodded, coming closer to me. We really like your ideas, and I think it's going to be successful. If funding is the problem, then leave it to us. Could this day get any more bizarre? First, I was kicked out by the bank manager, and now his wife and daughter wanted to help me? Well, I wasn't complaining. It's not like I had anything to lose, so I thanked them and agreed to their suggestion. And within the next few days, I had my own office in front of the very same bank that had refused my entry. Bella and Jessica may have helped me with it, but I was still very careful not to waste a single penny. My lifestyle hadn't changed. I was surviving on instant noodles and wearing rag-like clothes. Any and every profit that I made from my business was reinvested back into it. Of course, my work didn't go unnoticed by Daniel. Him and his stupid colleagues were obsessed with me. Yeah, obsessed is the right word for it. They couldn't just leave me alone. They made it a point to stop by my office every day and make sarcastic comments in front of my clients and customers. Thankfully for me, my clients had brains and didn't pay attention to them. One day, they played a really humiliating prank on me. I came to my office and was bathed with dirty sewage water as soon as I opened the door. I heard loud laughter and looked up to find Daniel and his friends watching me and clicking pictures on their phone. Would you look at that? Is that a new trend among homeless people these days? Daniel sneered. your childishness makes me believe that you're back in eighth grade, Daniel. I smirked. Make sure you take your lessons properly this time. Don't want you growing into an illiterate and immature adult again. Daniel fisted his hands, looking embarrassed as his colleague snickered at him. How dare you? Do you think you can- Tad, stop this nonsense! Bella came rushing to my side and gasped when she saw my state. Bella? What are you doing here? Daniel asked in surprise. I'm here to see Ethan, she replied angrily. I can't believe I just witnessed you pulling pranks on a guy who's like half your age. Are you really that insecure? Uh, 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 what? Daniel's eyes flashed. How can you take his side? I'm your dad. I wish you weren't, Bella yelled at him, and I felt sorry for her. I glanced around and noticed Jessica standing in a corner and watching everything silently. She seemed to be equally mad, but her eyes were glued onto Bella's hand that was holding mine. Why did she seem... jealous? Maybe I was just imagining things. I see now! You've been using my daughter's kindness for this crappy business of yours! Daniel glared at me. No matter what you do, you'll never be worthy of her! Don't even get any funny ideas in your head! Shut up! You have no right to say that! Bella intervened. Daniel just huffed and walked away, his minions following after him. Bella turned to me with sad eyes. I'm so sorry, Ethan. You don't deserve to be treated this way. It's fine. It's not your fault anyway. You've already done a lot for me, and I'm really grateful. I can't wait until the day I can pay you back. Bella opened her mouth to protest, but was interrupted by Jessica, who came and just hugged me without warning. Whoa! I'm really dirty right now! I exclaimed. I don't care! Let me just have this moment, Ethan! Jessica sobbed. I'm feeling so ashamed on my husband's behalf! Bella pulled her away from me. Mom, are you crazy? Go and talk to your husband if you're that concerned! Leave Ethan alone! Jessica frowned. You're still a kid, Bella. Stay out of this. I watched the two of them in shock as they argued back and forth. Why did it feel like they were competing over me? Whatever. (laughs) Jessica turned away from Bella and handed me a business card. This is the bank director's contact. He's a really good man. You should talk to him. After she left, Bella grabbed my hand. Ethan? I'm not as influential as my mom, and I can't do much to help you, but I really like you. Will you go out with me? I'd understand if you want to say no. Why would I say no, silly? I smiled and shook my head. I like you too, Bella. And no, it's not because you're helping me or because you're rich. I like you as a person. It'd be a pleasure to date you. That's how Bella and I started dating. Jessica didn't seem very pleased with this and tried to always cause a rift between us. But I ignored her and focused on my business, which had really taken off within a matter of weeks. I was now rich enough to live in a bungalow, wear branded clothes, and drive a Lambo. People were queuing up in front of my workspace for job interviews. The same bank employees who used to mock me were now jealously eyeing my Lambo. Some even applied for a job in my company, but of course I had no use for jerks like them. Now there was only one thing left to do. Meeting the bank director with a very special business proposal, I entered the bank, only to come face to face with Daniel again. Who lets you in? You won't get any loan from this bank! He shrieked. Security! Throw him out! I'm here to meet the director, I said calmly. This world doesn't revolve around you. Get out of my way. But he didn't listen. Once again, the security guard dragged me out. My employees were enraged to see this and started a massive protest rally right outside the bank. Daniel's face went pale. I bet he wasn't expecting this. The media arrived to cover the protest, and moments later, the director arrived too. He immediately walked up to me and escorted me inside. Daniel was sweating buckets at this point. My meeting with the director was not about getting a loan, but rather, I wanted a stake in the bank. Everything went smoothly, and I was able to sign the deal. Everyone was summoned inside, and the director announced me as the majority shareholder. And so the power to take decisions is with Mr. Ethan, he told everyone. And I almost laughed out loud when I saw Daniel's face. He knew he was doomed. This bank will now work on providing loans to young entrepreneurs, and we want employees who recognize talent. And you, I pointed at Daniel, you're fired. And so are your minions. What? You can't do this, he protested. He can, and he did, Bella said, coming to my side and flaunting her engagement ring to the crowd. What do you think now, Dad? Isn't he very worthy of me? She let out a sarcastic smile. Daniel was speechless. Just then there was a loud shriek, and Jessica emerged from the crowd looking frustrated and angry. And I'm leaving you, you sorry excuse of a human! She tossed the divorce papers at his face. I couldn't help but recall the day I had first met him. I told him he'd regret it.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50